0: Studio Tortue presents Deep Folk Tales from the Generator. Deep Folk is a first person adventure radio drama created using AI Dungeon Dragon Engine. And Welcome to Brother Chili, Episode 5, The Mayfield Detour. This episode was created and read by Malcolm Sutherland. You are Brother Chili, a fry brother from the religious order of fast food. You and Brother Cola Open have managed to escape a deadly plot at your abbey and made it to the mainland. You have made a tough decision to part ways with the captain and his men, and have joined forces with Father Peach, a friendly priest from the abbey in the town of Miller's Rest. You, Father Peach, and Brother Cola Open are on a bus and on your way to Neo-New York to contact Chief Pringaman at the Hot Dog Crime Squad and bring the sinister keepers of the food to justice. This is where your adventure begins. Welcome to Brother Chili, Episode 5. You awaken with a start when the bus starts to slow down. You need to stretch as your muscles ache from sleeping in the hard seat. Father Peach stands and stretches, looking through the window as the first hints of dawn begin to show on the horizon.
1: We are almost at Mayfield, he says.
0: We'll have to change buses there. He turns to you with a reassuring smile before turning to wake Brother Cola open. As he leans down, suddenly there is a loud fuss as Polly bursts squawking out of his hair. She flaps her wings desperately trying to gain height before plummeting back down into the aisle. Polly's sudden outburst causes several passengers to wake with a start. Some shout in surprise as Brother Cola Open grabs for her, but she slips from his hands and instead flies straight out the open window. Almost immediately, Brother Kola Open is up and has convinced the bus driver to pull the bus over. Everyone on board wanders off the bus into the crisp morning air as Brother Kola Open chases down Polly on the side of the road. You stretch your legs and bend your back, trying to get the night's hard sleep out of your bones. You walk a few paces down the road and gaze out at the rising sun, which seems to be just hiding on the edge of the horizon, refusing to show its face. As you turn to walk back to the bus, you notice a large sign on the side of the road, It reads, Tin, five miles. You stare at the sign in confusion. You thought you were headed to Mayfield. Perhaps your eyes are playing tricks on you in the first light of dawn. You call the father over to confirm the name on the sign. He walks over from where he is standing with the rest of the group. You say, Father, are my eyes fooling me, or does that sign say Tin, when it should read Mayfield? Isn't that where we're headed? The father walks over to the sign and reads it. He scratches his head and turns back to you with a look of fear on his face, his eyes darting around to take in the position of all the other people milling about.
1: Brother, we have somehow been played false, he says urgently. Get Brother Cola open. We must try to disappear quietly.
0: You can see that all the color has drained from his face and he is clearly terrified. You look around, it is true that you're in a sparsely populated area, but there are a few houses visible nearby. A forested hill extends up on this side of the road, with a few farmhouses and fields visible on the other. There is also a field leading down to a lake. None of the other passengers seem to be paying you any mind, so you grab Brother Kola open by the arm as he finally manages to pick up Polly. Brother, you whisper urgently, we need to get away from here. I think we're headed into some kind of trap. Trap? He says, his eyes darting around nervously. I think we need to get out of here right now, you say as father hurries over towards you.
1: We do not want to be on that bus when it arrives in tin. Quickly now, into the underbrush.
0: He points towards the forested hill. The three of you manage to slip behind the bus without being noticed, then dash across into the woods. You hurry through the bracken among pine trees as the steam of your breath condenses in the cold, early morning air. Brother Kolaopen keeps looking nervously over his shoulder down the hill, but you hear no sign of alarm and continue up the hill as fast as you can. You've gone no more than half a mile when you hear the bus engine start up again. You keep going, not daring to look back. The three of you wander through the trees for hours. Finally, you come out into a gentle ravine that slopes up on either side. The rocks here are a light grey colour and very smooth to the touch. You see a line of dark stones that you realise after a moment are ancient paving stones. They are set in a herringbone pattern, and you follow them as they wind up the hill. You walk quietly, listening for any sound of pursuit, but all you hear is the quiet sounds of nature around you. It was close, says Father Peach.
1: I think we're safe for the moment,
0: but we will have to be much more careful from here on. You walk on, still following the old stones as they wind upwards. You see a dark shape in the distance, and realize after a moment that it is a wall. You arrive at the base of the wall. It looks old and is overgrown with vines and moss the top seems to disappear into the trees above you. It's huge. You look for a gate but you do not see one. You're about to continue on when father peach grabs your shoulder. You turn to look at him and he holds a finger to his lips. Then points upwards. You look at the trees above you and see nothing. You're about to walk away when you hear it. A quiet scratching sound that could almost be the creaking of a tree branch. You look up again and still nothing. Suddenly there is a flurry of movement from above and Polly bursts out of the foliage. Brother Cola Open chases her down and starts stroking her head gently, trying to calm the bird down. Sorry, he says sheepishly. Father Peach sighs heavily, shaking his head, but says nothing. As you continue along the base of the wall, you come across a stone staircase leading up it. The stairs are covered in vines and the wall is overgrown, but the steps are still solid. You start climbing them carefully. Halfway up, you stop to look down and see the forest stretching out in all directions. You can see the road you were on earlier branching off in several different directions, and a light dusting of snow covers the ground here. But the bus is long gone. You press on, and after what seems like an hour, but was probably only ten minutes or so, you reach the top. The wall is several feet thick, with crenellations every couple of feet. You say,
1: What is this place? This is an old outpost, says Father Peach. I am beginning to think I might know where we are. Where? You ask. I think we are somewhere on the edge of the old kingdom, he replies. The whole area around New York used to be part of the old kingdom, but when the city state declared independence, it became the no man's land. This fort was once a part of the border defences and guarded against raiders and invaders. In fact, It's how the city got its name, the Big Egg.
0: Get it? You shake your head and he rolls his eyes. E-G-G-Y-O-U, he spells.
1: You know, an omelet.
0: Uh, uh, sure. The father laughs heartily (laughs) and soon brother Cola Open joins him. (laughs) You don't get it, but you're not going to say anything. The pair of them are having too good a time at your expense. Father Peach notices the look on your face and reads it like a book.
1: (laughs) Yes, well, anyway, he says. If we follow the wall for another half mile or so, it should lead us to the old outpost. It was a kind of watchtower back in the day. The ruins of the old fort should still be undisturbed. From there, we can
0: pick our path forward. You nod, and the three of you set off again. You walk for about half an hour and eventually you see the ruins of an old fort in the distance. In some places the wall is so old that it has fallen back into stone and you are forced to climb over the top of it. It's slow going, but eventually you make it to the ruins. It stands on a hilltop and you can see for miles around, but there's no sign of anyone.
1: Didn't I say you were in for a change of scenery? (laughs) Father
0: Peach laughs. Let's take a short break here. You suggest panting, and the others seem agreeable. You sit down on a fallen pillar and pull out your map. The others gather around and look at it with you. So, where are we? Father Peach asks. I have no idea, you say. The only information on my map is some random number system for the seven fishing villages. Oh, yes, I remember those,
1: Father Peach says. The villagers used to use a code so the wrong people would never find them. Only a witch could understand that. No witches! No witches!
0: Brother Cola opens shouts. A flock of birds in a nearby tree take to the sky, frightened by his cry. Polly squawks in agitation but stays in place on his shoulder. Father Peach rolls his eyes. Don't worry, brother, Father Peach says.
1: I may be no witch, but I think I can decipher these numbers
0: all the same. Father Peach looks at the paper and scratches his head.
1: Huh. Okay, I don't get it,
0: he admits. You're
1: really not a witch,
0: Brother Cola Open asks.
1: I told you that already, Father Peach says. Now quiet down. Anyone within five miles of here will have probably heard that racket.
0: You all turn back to the map and try to get a sense of the code. The numbers seem to be increasing as you go along, so you assume it's some kind of trail. You explain your theory of the starfish numbering system to Father Peach, who nods and says, Except that the
1: number would
0: obviously correspond
1: to Starfish Tower in Miller's Rest. And not the village Tin.
0: You nod. That's probably right. The starfish is a clue referring to Miller's Rest. Except for one problem, Father Peach says.
1: Captain Toller and his wife are from Tin. Why would she have the locket from Miller's Rest? It could be some kind of uh, final message from her.
0: Yes. In any case, that would mean that we are here on the map you say pointing to a spot on the wall outside of what you think is probably Mayfield as the three of you ponder the map the sun creeps higher in the sky we should keep moving you say remembering that father santuzo's men are out there somewhere and looking for you you look out across the fields and suddenly feel very exposed father peach gives you a considering look yes I think we
1: should make for the fishing village of Faruja that's marked on the map here. From there, we can make our way to the city by boat. They won't be looking for us that way. Ah, oh, more boats, you say, feeling
0: queasy at the thought of it.
1: It's the best way to travel if we want to stay hidden. They mostly only use the roads, and will
0: be looking for us on the bus. You pack up the map and your snacks and start off again, heading south now, away from the ruins and hopefully towards the village Faruja. You walk for miles and hours, taking a break at midday to eat more of your trail mix. Father, you say, as you're all taking a breather, can I ask you a personal question? You just did, Father Peach says. Besides that, I mean. Oh, sure, fly away. How did you lose your arm? Father Peach pauses and looks out across the rolling hills. A few moments pass and you think he may have forgotten the question when he says, Some other time, perhaps? You shrug and pack up your bag. Come on, we should get going. It's a long way to Furuja. Hours pass as the sun slowly crawls across the sky. Your march takes you through several small hamlets, each with only a few houses and barns. You cross low-lying fields and forests of birch and elm. You clamber over low-lying stone walls and continue on your way. Mid-afternoon, you approach a lonely run-down barn in the middle of an overgrown field. You're crossing the field when you hear the sound of a vehicle approaching. You drop to the ground and crawl through the tall grass towards the edge of the field to get a better look you see a large black van driving down the road, passing right by where you are. The van skids to a halt on the other side of the barn and the side door swings open. Two men wearing black leather jackets step out into the settling dust. They look at each other and nod, then proceed to fan out towards you, surrounding the old barn. You hear a metal click behind you and turn to see Father Peach pointing a pistol at you. You say, father what? Run, he says grimly. I'll cover
1: you and make sure they don't follow. Head south like we planned. I'll be along
0: shortly. You're about to reply when you hear the sound of the van doors open again. You turn to see two more men step out, scanning the area from behind their dark sunglasses. Father, you whisper urgently. "Go." Cool. He hisses at you as he wraps his coat around his gun arm. Your heart beats in your eardrums and you hastily turn and start crawling away with Brother Cola open close behind. With a backward glance, you notice that Father Peach had his pistol hidden in a chamber inside his artificial arm. No wonder it was so bulky. There's more to Father Peach than meets the eye, that's for sure. You crawl through the grass as quickly and quietly as you can. You don't even dare to stand up. Instead, you crawl around the perimeter of the field and head towards the forest that you were heading to in the first place. You reach the edge of the forest without hearing any gunshots behind you, or seeing the two men in black catch up to you. You and Brother Kola Open quickly disappear into the woods. When you feel like you're a safe distance away, you turn back, but can neither see nor hear any trace of Father Peach or the goons from the van. "'This is bad,' says Brother Cola Open. "'Should we wait for him here?' you wonder aloud. Brother Cola Open pauses a moment, as if pondering, then shakes his head vigorously. You can see the fear in his eyes as he gently strokes Polly. "'But what if they caught him? They might kill him!' Your mind races, and this seems like an impossible situation. If you turn back, you will be risking everything, yet you don't want to leave Father Peach behind.' We have to go back, you say, already turning around. Brother Cola opens sighs, but nods in agreement. You both turn around and head back. This time, you skirt around the field at the edge of the forest, dashing from cover to cover and keeping a sharp eye out. As you approach the old barn, you see the van parked next to it. The rear door is open, and one of the men in black is standing next to it. What's happening? you say. Brother Cola opens shrugs. Do we go look? Maybe. There is only one man in view, and he is standing with his back to you. Maybe they haven't found father yet, you say. But just then you hear a groan from inside the van, and there's no mistaking the voice of Father Peach. Cholesterol. They have him, you say grimly. Brother Cola Opet nods, looking at you for guidance. You don't know what to do. The memory of killing those men on Imor comes rushing back to you and your hands begin to shake with the thought of such horrible violence. But Father Peach is in danger and you have to do something. We have to save him, you say with a gulp. You quietly make your way further along the tree line and soon can see inside the open door of the van. In the back, you see Father Peach sat in a plastic lawn chair. His hands are tied behind his back and and duct tape has been wound around his mouth. The rear compartment is separated from the passengers by a metal wall with a thin opening in it. Through it you can see three other goons in the front of the van, one of them talking on a phone. The guard outside looks over at Father Peach and laughs. You comfy, (laughs) he says, and tosses his cigarette butt at Father Peach. It misses, but Father Peach doesn't look up. He looks utterly defeated. You turn to Brother Cola Open. We have to do something now. You look around the area for ideas. Just then, you see a stone lying under a tree. You pick it up and show it to Brother Cola Open. He nods. You turn back to Father Peach, a plan forming in your mind. You wait until the guard once again has his back turned and then slowly sneak up behind him. Your heart hammers in your chest and you start to feel lightheaded. As you get close, you wind up and throw the stone, sending it smashing into the back of his head. He crumples to the ground instantly. You hold your breath, waiting for the other men to jump out of the van. But they don't move. And after a few tense seconds, you realize that the van is soundproofed. The guard doesn't move, though. He's out cold. You look at Brother Cola open and nod. You rush towards the van and look through the back door. Father Peach looks up at you, a glint of hope in his eyes. You quickly open the door and pull the tape off his mouth. What are you doing? He asks as you help him out of the van. Saving your life, you say. Father Peach stands and stretches before looking at you. Well, let's go. But they're gonna follow us, you say. We have to trap them or disable the van or something. Father Peach smiles. I have an idea. You look at him inquisitively. What? He turns to you and whispers. We take the van. What? You exclaim, not bothering to keep your voice down. Father Peach shushes you and then continues. You two will go
1: behind the barn and distract them. And when they come to get you, I will
0: jump in and take over the van. The three of you look at each other, a combination of fear and excitement on your faces. Only problem is, you say, you're going to have to get to us with the van before they do. I can do it, Father Peach says. Brother Cola Open carefully hands Polly to Father Peach and says, you stay
1: with him now, safer here.
0: You and Brother Cola Open turn and rush off into the woods behind the barn. The two of you hide behind a large oak tree, heads throbbing in anticipation. Ready, brother, you say. He nods. Grease be with you. You wait for father to give you the signal, then walk casually out from behind the barn. Immediately, the thugs see you, and two jump out and start walking menacingly towards you. You both stop and put your hands in the air. The two men approach. So... You are the brothers that have been causing us so much trouble, one of them says. We are going to enjoy killing you. You notice his hand move inside his coat pocket. I am going to like cutting you open, he says, his voice low and threatening. You both wait patiently for him to make his move. He stops a few feet away, his eyes cold and lifeless. Then he draws a large knife from inside his pocket and smiles nastily at you both. You are both starting to get nervous. What is happening back there? Where is Father Peach with the van? Brother Cola Open starts to whimper, which only seems to make the goon want to take his time even more. Yeah, beg me, big brother, he says to Brother Cola Open. The other goon shifts restlessly and says, You're a real sicko, Bruno, you know that? They don't call me Bruno the Butcher for nothing, Tommy. Finally, when you can't stand it any longer, you cry out. Father, where are you? The goons start to laugh, slowly approaching. Your father can't help you now, brother. Maybe I might take pity on you, though. Let you die first. Which one of you... He is cut off by the roar of an engine and the shriek of brakes as the van suddenly slams into the goons from one side, smashing them right through the wall of the old barn. The two of you jump back and stand there in shock for a moment, just staring at the wreckage. Then Father Peach gets out of the driver's seat. Come
1: on, get in.
0: He calls over to you, opening the sliding door. You and Brother Cola open, jump in the back, and Father Peach turns to you both and shouts, That was a nasty bit of business, eh? He shoves Polly into Brother Cola Opens' hands and says, I'm sorry I didn't get
1: here sooner, but as soon as I could, I turned the tables on that devil.
0: (laughs) Father Peach almost seems to be enjoying this, you think to yourself. What about the driver, you ask, almost fearing the answer. Father Peach looks over his shoulder at you, a grim expression on his face. It were him or me,
1: he says darkly. The Burger God what chose me this day. "'Besides, I've got more than a few tricks up this old sleeve.'
0: (laughs) He laughs, tapping his wooden arm on the dashboard. "'Where are we going?' you say. Father Peach smiles at you in the rearview mirror, then his face suddenly drops, stunned. You spin around and look behind you and are shocked to see Bruno, furious and bloodied, standing right behind the van. You shout, "'Let's get out of here!' Father Peach slams the van into reverse and aims for Bruno, but he manages to jump in the open doors in the back of the van and holds on as Father Peach swerves the van wildly. The van careens out into a field, crushing the grain and bumping up and down on the rows of plants like a boat on choppy water. Help! Brother Cola open screams, trying to get under the seat. The van bounces along the field, narrowly missing a tree and doing its best to shake Bruno out the back door. Father Peach grabs a tire iron and hands it to you, shouting, Open the gate, you'll have to knock him out. You sneak a glance through the opening in the gate that separates the passenger area from the back of the van, and you see Bruno holding on for dear life as the open doors flap wildly behind him. Brother Cola Open is long gone, hiding under the seat. Offense, Father Peach shouts as the van careens through the field. You manage to flip open the latch on the gate and it swings back, smashing Bruno in the side of the face. He almost loses his grip, but somehow manages to hold on. You watch in horror as he slowly pulls himself forward, grabbing the gate and using it as a ladder, dragging himself into the back of the van. You begin to panic and Father Peach says, The tire iron, use the iron. You nod and try to position yourself so you have room for a clean swing when he gets within reach. Bruno, Father Peach shouts, God loves
1: you. And I love you. You can turn away from this evil path you are on.
0: Bruno looks up at Father Peach, his face twisted into a sneer. Love? Love? Your kind lied to me my whole life, telling me there was God when you know there wasn't.
1: No one knows about the nature of
0: God, Father Peach shouts back. Not even the dawn. With that, the van smashes through the fence and swerves wildly before straightening out along a road leading away from the farm. Bruno is thrown back into the rear and almost right out the back of the van. Father swerves to avoid an oncoming car, but again Bruno holds tight with the strength of ten men. He pulls himself back up and he levels a murderous gaze on you, one that chills you to the bone. You see nothing but death in his eyes. No one knows about the nature of God, Bruno screams, his voice breaking and shifting into a guttural growl. No one except the Don. Brother Chili! Shouts Father Peach. Your trance is broken and you swing the tire iron down on Bruno's hand, cracking the bones. He lets go, falling out the back of the van. You look behind you and watch him tumble and roll into a ditch, wondering how anyone could survive such a blow. You drop the tire iron, and with shaking hands, you close the gate, locking it back in place. You slide into your seat as Father accelerates away down the road. Brother Cola opens slowly peers out from his hiding place under the seat, Polly cradled in his arms. I think we're safe now, Father Peach says. Did... did I do the right thing? you ask as adrenaline drains from your body.
1: We did the only
0: thing we could do. You did good, brother, he says, and you notice how different Father Peach seems from all the other priests you've known. It's like it's like he has some kind of spark, a fire in his soul. It may be that he's been smothered by years of church dogma and rules, but it's still there, burning brightly. You can see it in his eyes as he looks back to you and says, Brother Chili, Yes, father, you say.
1: Thanks for coming back for me. Of course, father, you smile. We
0: couldn't leave
1: you there. It was a stupid thing to do, he says. But I'm glad we're all safe now. You two may be naive, but you're good men. And I know you'll see this ordeal
0: through to the end. You look at Brother Cola open.
1: We will, father.
0: For a time, you drive in silence. The father seems lost in thought when you turn to him and say, Father? Yes, brother? Do you think I did the right thing? Leaving the captain, I mean? Father Peach is silent for a few minutes and then says,
1: You did what you thought was right. Just like the rest of us. That's all any of us can ever do. And anyway... I think we all might just be fighting the same battle. You sure don't talk
0: like a priest, Father Peach, you say. Father Peach gives a dry chuckle.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm also just a man, like
0: you and Brother Cola Open. You nod, not sure if you understand his meaning. You think of the Captain and Tom. You wonder where they are now and if they're safe. The Don's men are clearly dangerous. Bruno was like a demon in human form. You shudder at the memory of his murderous gaze, those cold dark eyes. You draw strength though from the knowledge that you saved Father Peach and have a duty to see this through. Father Custard must not have died in vain. You promised him you would find Chief Pringaman in Neo New York and bring Don Linoleum to justice. But what about the keepers of the food? The evil Father Santuzo said that the dawn worked for them, which would mean that the keepers of the food have even more power than you thought. You take a deep breath, trying to calm your mind. There will be time to think things through once you reach Neo-New York. For now, though, you should get some sleep. Listening to Brother Chili, episode 5, The Mayfield Detour, created by Malcolm Sutherland and written with AI Dungeon Dragon Engine. This episode of Deep Folk Tales from the Generator is a Studio Tortue production and was recorded in September of 2020.